Hello, Internet. It's Tori. You're listening to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. For updates on when episodes go live, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. To join the discussion, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash CosmereCast, where you'll find an invitation to our Discord server. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. Joining me this week are Dave... Hey! And Tori. Hello, Internet! Uh, Craig is busy with Mother's Day stuff because we're recording on Mother's Day. And the rest of us don't have mothers. I sent her flowers. Alright, and chocolate. Uh, Alright, so Um, Dave, we do good thing first, so yeah. My good thing this week is my mom. She's awesome. She made me. That's how you know she's awesome. Um, I did send her flowers and chocolates, and... Uh, a lot of our listeners are European. I don't know when your Mother's Day is, but ours is today on this date of recording. If you're American and you're listening to this as a podcast release, you are way too late. You and you didn't send your mom flowers or call her or do anything. Uh, so yeah, my mom is awesome. Um, my good thing this week is, in addition to my mother, my good thing this week is Richie Mahjong, which is like, it's, it's kind of like the... Mahjong originated in China, but like most things, Japan just kind of took China's idea and made it better. <laughs> um, Richie Mahjong, which is available on Nintendo Switch Clubhouse 51 games with online play, and I'm looking for people to play against. Uh, it's like, if, you, if you're not familiar with Mahjong, it's very similar to Rummy, Um but there are just like crazy like stipulations for whether or not your hand is a valid hand. Like, so you either, there's like a list of valid hands. Like it either has to be like runs, like equivalent runs in every suit or has to like not include any ones or nines or like they have these honor tiles. Certain honor tiles can make your hand valid. Like if you have three dragons or three of the correct direction of wind um but uh it's i don't know it's just kind of it's really fun you can kind of see the like you can really see the asian culture just by playing the game um which i really love and it's just you know i like games and i like card games and it's played with tiles but it's basically a card game um i I find it a little more interesting than rummy so it goes like it goes like all right here's my here's my breakdown gin rummy like two-player gin rummy is fantastic then Richie Mahjong, and then, like, Rummy 500. Rummy 500 is, like, is like Rummy for scrubs who don't care about heavier, if their game is heavy RNG, to be honest. Um, there are... Rummy 500 can be fun, but usually one person just gets everything. I don't know. I've, I've had... I've had many, many times playing Rummy 500 where it just wasn't fun and it dragged on. Gin Rummy is pretty good because it's two-player and it's it's fairly quick compared to Rummy 500. Um, but yeah, so the Japanese kind of added this like, all right, so like, yeah, China, you got this Mahjong game and you got all these like stipulations on making a valid hand. Like, that's cool and all, but let's do this. Like, if you don't steal tiles from other players, we're going to add in this mechanic that lets you validate your hands just by getting what they call Richie. So, like, you basically bet a 1,000 points to say, hey, I only need one more tile to finish my hand, and I'm going to, I'm gonna like, stop 
manipulating my hand and that like that it validates your hand as well so like you bet a thousand points to validate your hand that you're going to get the final tile that you need without rearranging anything else in your hand so it really kind of like it makes it a lot easier to get a, a valid hand um i I like I said I I play against the AI on uh Clubhouse 51 games on Nintendo Switch. Uh if you're in our Discord server, I would love to do some online play if you have Clubhouse 51 games and a Switch and a Nintendo online subscription, which is a lot of stipulations, but I really like the game. It's it's not like super complicated strategy, but it's a lot of fun. Okay. I went on way longer than I thought I was going to about Mahjong. Sorry. I I think I would be interested in trying this with you because I've been playing Mahjong for years. Like oh, the, awesome. No, the Sega Master System had it as a game called Shanghai. Um, oh. And so I remember playing that with my dad when I was like three and four years old. And okay. so I've been playing Mahjong for a long time. And it's it's nothing like what you're describing. The part where it's Richie Mahjong or Mahjong Richie or whatever apparently changes the entire game you might have played chinese version so there's also there's also mahjong solitaire which you might know from windows entertainment pack as taipei i think um there's that which is also on clubhouse 51 games by the way if you like that um but yeah so if you i know uh toy recently got a switch uh so definitely got to trade friend codes Yes, I would that. love to try that with you. I'm wondering if maybe Mahjong is just the name of the tiles. This yeah, is that, 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 sounds, just now. Like, that sounds correct. And then the games have different names. I, I don't know. Seems like something to research later, but there was... Yeah, uh, I think the Chinese had, had the game Mahjong, and then the Japanese added the Richie part of it where you can you have more options to make a valid hand to kind of expedite the game. But fun story. I memorized all the tiles when I was a little kid. And I cannot play with with the Chinese with and Japanese tiles. Like I need to have the numbers to tell me what the numbers mean. <laughs> well, and there was a gentleman in the library one day who was playing it online, and I I came over his shoulder and I was like, "You've got a dr- green dragon free there," and he was like, "I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about." <laughs> The squiggle, the green squiggle, that one. Yeah, it's a oh, dragon. Just also, real, a real fun point here. There are three different dragon tiles. There's a green dragon tile with a pattern on it, mm-hmm. and it's green. A red dragon tile with a red pattern on it. Yeah. And a white well, dragon tile that's just a blank tile. It's well, <laughs> it's just a it's blank a, tile. But it's the white dragon. Yeah. So uh, my friends well, and I call it... Stylistically, <laughs> it's, a, it's a white square, um, but sometimes they just leave off the square and it's a blank tile right so my friends and i got to calling it no eyes no dragon oh my god <laughs> i'm not gonna explain that joke i'm just gonna let next person <laughs> do a good thing hi i'm next person yay uh so my good Joining thing this week, this week are... <laughs> my good thing this week is a tabletop role-playing game called panic at the dojo uh, it is made by Jacob Randolph of Library Gothica Games. Uh, it's available from RPG Drive Through for sixteen bucks for the PDF, and it's super cool. It's so the the mechanics of the game don't actually care about the setting, so you can shift the setting to whatever you want. But like the default setting is a world where 
I had this written down before when I was describing it to people. Hang on. Ah, uh, a world where all disputes, no matter how petty, are resolved through elaborate semi-magical kung fu battles. And then character building is 100% modular. There's like five different sort of blocks that you plop in, and each block has a bunch of different options in it. So like, I don't know the math, but there's some ridiculous number of of like combinations possible. It's just, it, it's bonkers. And yeah, Panic at the Dojo. Fun stuff. I love the title. As as do I. Um, yeah, I'm planning to do probably a multi-session one-shot at some point where the plot is... What? <laughs> What's a multi-session one-shot? That sounds contradictory. A one-shot doesn't necessarily mean it's a one-session game. It just means it's one, like, one, one adventure sort of plot thread. Okay, I see. I misunderstood the term. My apologies. Um, anywho, the, the basic plot will be that... A bunch of people who live near each other and go hang out at a local convenience store. Uh, the guy who owns it is selling it to a chain. And they're changing absolutely nothing about the store except one flavor of the slushy machine. And this insult cannot stand. That's I like it. it. That's... I like it. I like tabletop games. Um, yeah, it's it's fun. Uh, there's a like a preview of the first, I don't know, 50 or 60 pages of the book available on rpg drive through before you even buy the thing and then you know it's 16 bucks which if all you've ever bought is the wizards of the coast D stuff uh it's a huge huge bargain indie yeah, rpgs 16 bucks is very reasonable indie rpgs are super cheap this is like at the high end expensive end of the indie rpg range mostly because the people who make them like wildly undervalue their work which is a shame but yeah panic at the dojo Tori. I'm a copy Dave and say my good thing is my mom because today's Mother's Day. Um, I have a, a secondary good thing also, but first off, my mom is the perfect mom for me and loves me unconditionally, and she is a phenomenal person, and um, and I, I owe so much of my success in life to her. And and she's beautiful, and she doesn't listen to the podcast, but I love you, mom. My mom doesn't listen to the podcast, but she is a patron. <laughs> I bet my mom would be if she knew what podcasts and patrons were, but she's she's not that type of person. Um, but secondary good thing, the new Mortal Kombat movie. It's uh, okay. It's it's terrible, um, but we expected it to be terrible. It does exactly what it says on the tin. It's got it's got martial arts in it, lots of callbacks to the old games, and okay, full disclosure, I haven't played a Mortal Kombat game since two, but. One and two, I played a lot, and this was back in the day when they were on the arcade machines and the home versions hadn't been released yet, so every time you played it cost a quarter and you had to make the most of that. Um, I used to play it a lot, a lot with my brother, and um, there were so many callbacks to the game in the movie, and um, also we got a new version of that techno theme song that I love, and now I can add that to my running playlist. Um, but yeah, if you want just a ridiculous martial arts movie with ridiculous special effects and just turn off your brain for a couple of hours and enjoy a movie that's pretty and and also fun um but with no plot like you don't have to pay attention to it like you can be playing on your phone at the same time and it's totally fine totally fine that's basically what i got out of james rolf's review of the new mortal kombat movie he's like 
really good action and fan service and they entered like they they brought all of your favorite characters together like they did what they promised to do right yeah so uh yeah if you're a fan of the games or even the old movie which (laughs) is something else entirely that's future good thing right there that's where the song came from right the old movie yeah i think Uh, yeah but it was based on something in one of the games i'm sure nope no they just said all the characters names uh, the 95 movie established at least a few things that actually went over to the games. So It's just been part of my life for so long now. <laughs> the, the biggest thing is uh, Kano being Australian was, was, was not a thing until that movie. And then Trevor Goddard did such an amazing job in the role that they're just like, yeah, Kano's Australian from now on. And well, that's yeah, always I mean... been true. Back in back in those early games, the characters didn't really talk other than, you know, grunts and screams when they were hitting each other. So I, I don't know where an Australian accent would have come up until the movie happened. Yeah, but I find it a shame that this movie was apparently quite bad, uh, mostly because the 95 movie is extremely watchable, um, mostly because it's like a carbon copy of Ender the Dragon, as it should be. Uh, and then the later games, like starting with Mortal Kombat 9, have actually had legit good stories and like actual well, plots. And yeah, I think that's true of a lot of video game series over the years. You know, in, in their infancy, video games just didn't have a lot of story going on. Look at the first Legend of Zelda game that there was not a lot happening there. Um, it, it's yes, an entire lore has grown up around it in the preceding games, but it's it's. There's not a lot in the first one. Um, look at Final Fantasy One. Look at, I mean, there's video games have matured a lot hey, over I was the years. Of Final been Fantasy One today, <laughs> like I legit was thinking about Final Fantasy One today in my favorite FF One party, just like as a random thought. I don't know. Final Fantasy One's good. It just was broken on the NES. That's all. Yeah, in in many ways, I have a I have a very soft spot in my heart for Final Fantasy One. So, but anyway, moving on. Uh, Mortal Kombat movie. Um, in the words of my father, set your expectations low and then lower them. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, hey, Dave, speaking of low expectations, uh, <laughs> this this bit of short fiction is at or near the bottom for many Cosmere fans. I'm not one of them. I love this one. <laughs> Honestly, I was like, we just did rankings last week, right? And I'm like... Could I possibly rank this lower than Hope of Elantris? I I don't think I would, but it would probably be right above Hope of Elantris. I laughed out loud when you said that. <laughs> um, yeah, it's only because Hope of Elantris is basically a fanfic. Uh, all right. So this week we're <laughs> we're going to cover the short story Sixth of the Dusk uh, by Brandon Sanderson and um fun fun little meta story here. I was chatting with Lamguin in a Twitch stream the other day. And I had only who's read Lamb maybe Gwyn? like the first uh, with Mike, who's also named Lamguin on Twitch. Uh, and uh, I was, I had maybe read the first 10 pages of six of the dusk. And I was like, this guy's name is dusk, but the title is sixth of the dusk. And so like, he's not the dusk his dusk. So like, what does the dusk refer to? And Mike replies in chat. His full name is Sixth of the Dusk, but they call him Dusk for short. And I was like, haha, great joke, Lamguin slash Mike. 
And then when I read the next 10 pages, I was like, oh, that wasn't a joke. Uh, so this this uh, short story stars a man by the name Sixth of the Dusk. Sixth because he's the sixth child of his parents. And Dusk because he was born during the dusk. But the dusk of what? We'll find out. Uh, my bullet points are a little bit sloppy. I tried to break them down a little bit. So I kind of, I did basically a break every 10 pages. The story's just over 50 pages or right about 50 pages. All right, so uh, let us get going. This uh, this takes place on the first planet, first of the sun. It has a name, but I've forgotten it. Um, it's, <laughs> the name is given in Arcanum Unbounded. I didn't read about like the the investiture and Cosmere-ish shardy stuff, uh, but I did see the name of the planet, but I forgot it anyway. So podcast is back on, you guys. All right, let's go. Death hunted beneath the waves. The guy with the crescent scar? Kilkirli the parrot. Are we reading back-to-back short fictions about swashbucklers? Who is Sack? Another bird? Ones above give out free maps. They worship islands? Archipelagantheon? Pachi is the Jumanji island. Somehow it just says Juma. <laughs> Pachi is the Juma. Uh, but pa- that was supposed to be Pachi is the Jumanji Island. It All really right. is. It really is. <laughs> What's a krill? So now this dude can communicate with animals telepathically. Almost reminds me of Awakening. In before the refugee is hoid. A woman. All right. So there are, is an archipelago called the Pantheon, and they worship each individual island like it's a god. Uh, and this story takes place on the island that Dusk, our main character, calls Father, or more properly, the island is uh, somewhere else in my bullet points. <laughs> oh, man. Pachi, I think. Pachi. 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 Haji. Pachi. Pachi. Uh, so, yeah, this guy's not a swashbuckler. He's actually the rock from Moana, I think. No, it's uh, in the afterward notes. It talks about Brandon talks about his fascination with Polynesian culture. Um, so not quite swashbuckly like I expect Alamancer Jack to be. So this dude's got two birds. He's got Kokirli, who's who has a colorful plumage. So I imagine imagining like I'm a call parrot, but the thing acts like a cat more than anything. It's just like when you're not paying attention to it, it's like pay attention to me, and when you're paying attention to it, it's just like doesn't do anything. <laughs> Uh, um, it's a chicken. It's a chicken. Okay. Is it a green chicken from Roshar Chen Chinda? Uh, best of my knowledge, it's not from Roshar, but following Roshar and naming convention, all chickens are chickens. <laughs> it's actually from the mainland, or no, Sack is from the mainland of this of Planet One. All right. Um, yeah. So this dude's got two birds. One of it gives him premonitions of death and helps him avoid traps and natural dangers and such and so he's following uh dusk is following a an invader who i think he figures out that it's from kind of like the colonizers um but he thinks it's a youth and then it turns out to be a woman that's why the footprints are lighter and such and so forth uh but she's pretty smart she disarms a couple of traps and finds his uh his safe his safe camp somehow and uh we'll move on to the next section if there's nothing else to add here 
Nope. Something something reminded me of Awakening, like from Warbreaker, but I can't remember what that he. Oh, like maybe because he like tells the birds to do stuff, like Awakening. Oh no, it was a. Uh like some kind of little mouse. I don't remember the, the name, um, but he, he tells oh, me to bite yeah. people. Yeah, that's right. Bite he's like, others. He's like, bite bite things. <laughs> Grab things, yeah. That that really reminded me of uh, the simple commands given to Awakenings and Warbreaker. Yeah, yeah, you're it right. specifically reminded me of Aloysius because that was exactly <laughs> what he was supposed to do. Yep. Alright, let's move on. Uh, you are not Yelani, but Mulan is. Vathi, like from Link Between Worlds or something, and she wears a green linen skirt. And I know a Zelda speedrunner named Green Linen Shirt. So she's a Zelda character. Uh, possibly Linkle. <laughs> um, sorry. Sixth. You know what? All right. I'm going to cut in right here. So originally, Brandon wanted to call this character Sixth instead of Dusk, but he got some feedback from pre readers or whatever, and they were like, uh, that's a little hard to read, Brandon. And he changed it to Dusk. And just reading this bullet point, I'm like, he made the right choice. Six parents are an 11th and a 12th. So this is like anti-Ender's game because they can have more than three children. Uh, all right. And even in Ender's game, people mostly weren't allowed to have three children. All right. Uh, why do people feel the need to speak when there is nothing to say? Just a great line. Dusk is based on that character from Hey Arnold, who in turn is based on that character from the producers. Uh, there's a lot of corpses. He must be in love. What are your people doing? So now we have Dusk and the woman, Vathi, talking in his his little cabana. And, you know, he's like, oh, there were, there were women trappers before. He's a trapper. I think I forgot to mention that. Um, so he traps something, and we're we're learning what I think. Actually, in this section, we learn it. Like they're supposed to be trapping these birds who give magic powers called talents. So the so at this point, we learn that the birds are invested, and they kind of pass on investiture to people. Uh, so they're really important. So he's a trapper, but he's also breeding these birds. We find out here. But anyway, there was one female trapper named Yolani, and he's like, oh. Every culture has a story with a woman disguising herself as a man and joining. Yeah, so like, yeah, every every culture has a Mulan, basically. Uh, so Vathi, I think there's someone whose name is almost Vathi and Link Between. That bullet point doesn't mean anything. Eleventh uh, and twelfth. All right. So yeah, if, did you guys ever see that episode of Hey Arnold where Arnold has to get his bird fixed and he finds this guy? He's wearing like a pilot helmet goggle thingy and he's like a bird keeper like living out on a rooftop. But then like when you get older and you watch the producers, you're like, hey, that guy, that bird dude, that's like this guy from the producers uh, played by Will Ferrell in the remake. Um, I don't actually know who played him in the original. And then he's just he's got birds. That was the whole point of that bullet point. He's got birds. Um, and all of a sudden, as he's talking to Vathi, Sack shows him visions of tons and tons of his corpses. And it seems like he's about to engage in the most dangerous endeavor of all. And that is love. Uh, so we'll see where that goes. But then he turns to Vathi. And he's like, why am I seeing all these corpses? What are your people doing? So he suspects that the uh, colonizers, the, the people trying to progress in technology and what forth, have done something 
to endanger his father, the island Apache, and he's not happy, so he wants to go stop him, whatever the heck it is they're doing. Anything to add? Nope. All right. So they set off from his cabana to go and uh, get the... I forget what term they actually use. The Not the colonizers. I've been using colonizers because it's more common and helps people not familiar to understand what's going on here. I think they were researchers. They're researchers. But basically, they're trying to, like, not terraform, but um, they're they're trying to, like, well, they're 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 colon, trying to colonize uh, Pachi and you know advance everything without, but without upsetting the ecosystem. They, you know, they're I don't know, whatever. Uh, the ones above, whoever they are, violated the Prime Directive and gave the Firstians a universal translator and a life form scanner, which is how Vathi found uh, Dusk's camp because she had a life form scanner to find these birds. Avians, they call them, uh, with a capital A. Uh, and they are AVRs. invested. AVRs, I'm sorry. A- I guess they're avians with a lowercase a then, and AVRs with a capital A. Uh, we have to turn off the giant fax machine. So they've got this machine that scans where the AVRs are and prints out a map of where they are. All right. Sack has a unique talent. Sack is a mainlander bird, but raised in the Pantheon. Vathi has some sort of projectile weapon that looks like a map tube. First of the sky. Oh, first of the sky. First of the sky. First of the sky. Pachi's finger, sky's journal. Yeah. All right. Uh, so they go out. They find another trapper. First of the sky, and he's dead. Um, Vathi has, I guess, a shotgun. I don't know. It says she has. She loads it with spears, but like. I could see shotgun shells being interpreted as spears by people with uh, lower technological advancements. Uh, we also learned that Sack, Dusk's bird that gives him the ability to foresee his death, has a unique talent. Uh, none of the other AVR have been shown to have this talent. And we also learned that Sack was born on the mainland and then later raised on the Pantheon. So Sack, so the the birds that were born on the mainland are not invested, but then somehow bringing Sack to the Pantheon, to uh, Pachi, made it invested, to use the Cosmere term. And they're like, how did that happen? All right, well, maybe we'll find out like 16 bullet points from now. Uh, Vathi has some sort of projectile weapon, I guess, whatever. First of the sky. Pachi's finger is some sort of poison tree. I don't know. Um, and then they find Sky's journal. And then, yeah, so... The danger is probably because Vathi showed up. Yep, it's definitely love. Okay. Uh, that's all. They're on their way to the colonizer's like fortress or whatever to have them turn off some big fax machine that tells them where birds are. I don't know. All right, then. Vathi sets off a trap. Dusk talks to her like an apprentice hunter. Dusk was not born at dusk. Nightmaw, a.k.a. Wolfbird. Vathi shoots an exploding map at the night mall. <laughs> uh, Dusk wants to extinguish the night malls. I told you we should have brought more than three bullets. And I posted the relevant <laughs> clip. I posted the relevant clip from The Simpsons in our Discord server, patreon.com slash CosmereCast, to get a link to our Discord server. And you do not need to be a patron to join our Discord. So check it out. Uh, let's be real. Vathi would make a fantastic trapper. Of the dusk of the dusk. Yeah, so 
Uh, Vathi walks into some dumb trap, and Dusk saves her. And we learn the true origin of Dusk's name. Uh, he was born sixth of the Dusk, but Dusk does not refer to the time of day. Dusk refers to the downfall of their civilization and their way of life. Um, yep. All right. Uh, because his mom was like, yeah, can't stop progress when progress wants to progress. So then they've got these night moths, which are like giant wolf bird thingies. Uh, and they're like, oh, wolf birds are unkillable. And Vathi shoots a shotgun shell at it. And Dusk is like, oh, we can kill all of them. And Vathi's like, oh, that will upset the ecosystem. And then she's like, I only have one bullet left anyway, or <clears throat> one spear left anyway. <laughs> so she had used one before running into Dusk, I guess. And then the second one here, she only has one left. Uh, yeah, I guess that's it. Moving on. Uh, Vathi is a lowercase s seeker. That is, she asks a lot of questions and she's looking for answers. Not that she can burn copper or bronze, bronze, bronze. Uh, every burb comes to Pachi to learn how to be a jerk. Invested, infested worms. Dusk the decoy. They lost the nightmare somehow. I'm sleepy. Oh, yeah, I read this kind of late last night. And the bullet points kind of degrade from here. But uh, so Vathi asks a lot of questions. And we as readers and Vathi and basically all of civilization outside of the trappers, if she can survive, learn, we'll learn that, uh, yeah, it's actually the worms that the birds eat on Pachi that are invested. There's uh, there's a fruit that grows on some trees. The worms mm-hmm. eat the fruit. The birds eat the worms. And then humans bond with the birds. And then magic powers happen. And then aliens try to steal the birds. Yes. All right. So the investiture actually comes from the fruit then. Originally, yes. Which itself uh, comes from the island. Hmm. All righty. Uh, they lost the night moths. So yeah, they kill one night maw and there's more chasing them. And they're like, oh, they can smell us. And these, but they can also read minds, but these flowers or something were, um, Catbird actually also can block their minds from the night malls or something. No, no, no. All right. Uh, the final E. Girl is talking, but should Dusk talks? They didn't turn on the machine, but they did open it, and they forgot to check for scorpions or death ants or whatever. Uh, your death drive to be deserved, Pachi... The ones above can't trade until we're advanced, a.k.a. literally the pri- print, print <laughs> literally the prime directive. Um, or they do degrade, don't they? <laughs> they are planning to do to us what we would do to Pachi, the refund me if Hitchhiker's Guide. I think that's supposed to be the, they remind me of Hitchhiker's Guide, not the refund me if Hitchhiker's Guide. Sleepy above Dave's us... typing gets real bad, you guys. <laughs> it's on the it's on my phone. I I was lying in bed reading, trying to type. I just I let the the autocomplete sprint do their thing. It's whatever. Above us, Burb worms the circle of life. Undoed his pants pocket they spray <laughs> the end <laughs> what i don't know man i'm hoping you're gonna tell us <laughs> all right let's go through these one at a time um girl is talking but should dusk talks so 
uh, Vathi is talking to the company, which that's what they call They're called the, the company, right? Um, so she's trying to convince them to turn off the machine. And Dusk is like, yeah, I should probably say something. But I'm not good at saying stuff. Uh, all right. They didn't turn on the machine, but they did open it. And they forgot to check for scorpions. This kind of like reminded me of when uh, Vathi goes to the cabana. And Dusk is like, make sure there's no scorpions in your cup before you make yourself coffee. And oops, there's scorpions in the machine. They didn't turn it on yet, but they opened it. But also, I think like the aliens planted Death Ants there. I don't, I don't know. All right, uh, you death strive to be deserved, Pachi. Your, your, your destruction or destiny or something. So basically, all right. So I, I understand the point of this bullet point, and that is that Dusk is mad at Father Island Pachi because he's like. You always try to kill people that are out for your best interest, Pachi. You deserve to die. Um, so that's that. All right. The ones above can't trade until we're advanced, a.k.a. literally the Prime Directive. Uh, for those not familiar with the Star Trek universe, especially, I, I mean, I'm most familiar with the next generation. This comes up a lot. So the Federation, which is, you know, the heroes of Star Trek, the next generation, the Federation is not allowed to... Um, intervene with planets that have not yet developed warp drive capabilities naturally through their evolution. So uh, what's going on here is there are the ones above. Basically, they want these invested birds and they're trying to get around the prime directive because they're not allowed to trade directly and get these birds. So they're trying to kind of like nudge along the technology of planet one uh so they're they're violating the prime directive uh so they're planning to do to us what we would do to pachi so it's like oh we're trying to take it i don't i don't know i don't care all right uh the refund me if hitchhiker's guide which part of this was like hitchhiker's guide oh yeah so you know how like in the beginning of hitchhiker's guide where the the demolition crew comes in and they're trying to knock down arthur dent's house and then they're like, ah, we're just going to knock down your house. How did you not know we were going to knock down your house? And then the Vogon, the Vogon bulldozers come in to, to knock out the planet Earth. And they're like, you had 30 years to evacuate your planet. How did you not know about this ordinance to make space for a hyperspace bypass, blah, blah, blah. So it's like that. It's like the aliens are trying to manipulate and take advantage of the people on this planet like the people on this planet are trying to take advantage and manipulate the island Pachi. Uh, above us, worms. Yeah, so it's like the whole, like, it's like, oh, the 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 ones from above are acting to the company, like the company is acting to the trappers, like the trappers act to the birds, like the birds, the worms, the worms, the apples, and bump on the log and all that under the sea. And the green grass circle of all life. around, all around. <laughs> all All of that yeah all right um undo his pants pocket i don't know what it means to undo your pants pocket i guess he's got like a satchel no clearly he's wearing he's wearing cargo (laughs) pants with the button flaps on their pockets (laughs) oh okay that's what it is totally what these outdoorsy types wear and then finally dusk and vathi spake hams they're going to, that's the greatest danger of all, the end. So they're going to take on, they're going to try to protect the world from these ones from above. You know, these 
these aliens that are trying to uh, break them out of their cocoon of technological evolution. So like they put all, they dropped all these, but they're like, oops, I dropped this machine that tells you how to find the birds. Oops, I dropped this machine that gives you warp drive so that we can trade with you. Oops, I dropped this universal translator so that you can understand what all this stuff does. Uh, so basically, like, they're not going to be culturally mature enough to understand the value of what they have. And the ones from above are trying to take advantage of that, but still get them to the point where it's legal to trade with them and get, get these burps. And that's it. Tell me more about spake hams. Is that a regional dialect? Yeah, it's um, <laughs> upstate New York. Yep, that's where I was going. Excellent. Thank you. You're welcome. The end. I think that's all we got for this one. Okay, uh, some questions for you then. All right. Uh, who are the ones above? Obviously some sort of world hoppers, but they also apparently have spacecraft. I actually, I kind of wondered... If Brandon wanted to connect this uh, with Skyward before deciding Skyward was not Cosmere, is yeah, uh. um, probably not. But it also seems like they're not they're not like world hopping in the way that like Hoyt and the rest do. It seems like they actually have spacecraft that goes that can like fly through space. Like they're actually going from planet to planet, all completely within the material realm. It seems. Yes, I believe you are correct there. So who are they? I don't know. Elantrians? I don't know. Okay. Is it some dragon? I mean, maybe. We we don't actually know. Maybe it could be like a shard bearer that can actually like fly. But I'm, I'm pretty sure they have like spacecraft, don't they? Uh, That's the implication. I don't remember if it outright said in the text, but that's, that's definitely the implication. Um, okay. So this is... To the best of my knowledge, the latest thing in the timeline. That that according much. according to the afterward, yes. So, so basically, like the part that the uh, which the part that I didn't read the the part from Chris's perspective introducing it. I think even like Chris's writings at the at the beginning happened before this story happened. Likely, yes. That also is correct. Right. That's in the. I read the afterward. That's what it says. Um. What else? So maybe they're like, maybe they're from Scadrill then, because Scadrill seems the most technologically advanced out of every story we've read so far. Uh, Tor, you got anything? Uh, not for non-spoiler time. Let's speculate for a minute about what these other burbs can do. So from what we see, we've got, um, and the audiobook pronounces it, Kokerly, um, which can hide their minds from the monster things copper and... cloud bird oh i i have a question then so are the are the shades and the wolf burbs are they invested because they can like detect people by mind that seems likely also did we get a description of the shadows i don't think we did mm, like, like i didn't give one yeah the the wolf things were pretty thoroughly described i thought um and terrifying uh-huh yeah, the shadows the like shadows are, are, in, in the, are like in the ocean, right? Well, we do. Didn't um didn't Vathi say that she shot one of the shadows? That's where her first bullet one went. of the shadows. She shot at one. Okay. Oh, also, I was imagining her um her gun to be more of like a harpoon gun, like like a fancy, not a crossbow, but like 
Like a spear gun, harpoon gun. Yeah, I was thinking like, of something like, like that like, as well. Like the one that Quinn had at the end of Jaws. I know what a harpoon gun is. Um, I played enough video games. And no, I mean that I... specifically is the one I was picturing. Uh, yeah, the reason I wasn't, the reason I was thinking more shotgun is because Dusk is momentarily deafened by the explosion of the weapon, and also. Usually, harpoon guns. The spear is attached to the gun, and also it killed a thing just by shooting at it once. Like I don't, unless she like had really good aim and shot it in the heart or the eyeball or something. Like I don't, I don't think she's getting a one shot kill on this uh, death maw. Well, what if it was an exploding harpoon? Like, um, trying to remember what horror movie that was. Jaws. Uh, no. Um, I think it was Deep Star Six. Could no, I think it was Jaws. Jaws 3 slash Deep Star 6 slash First Blood Part 3. I love those horror movies that take place in around underwater. Like, love them. Love them. So anytime it's like, you know, deep sea research station and then monsters, I'm all, I'm, I'm there for it. 100%. Deep Star 6 is an old one from the 80s. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I want to say it was some kind of like crustacean monster attacking this deep sea research station. Um, but yeah, there was a scene, I think it was this movie, somebody accidentally fires the exploding harpoon gun at a crewmate and uh, goes crazy afterwards and causes problems beyond that caused by the monster attacking the station. You didn't need to know that. There, That has nothing to do with what we're talking about. <laughs> it's water. So what would happen if a human ate the fruit? See, that's what I'm wondering. There, there's almost kind of a biblical thing going on here, you know, of the fruit of the tree in the midst mm. of the garden. Yeah, like I wonder if it would be too much investiture. But I guess like the different species of bird have different talents so maybe uh, yeah that's just... what i was saying like let's speculate on what the other talents are so we see only um dusk's birds like that, that's all we get what if there's a, an avr that lets you detect nearby avr that'd be a good one like like a bronze burning avr yeah yeah probably maybe there's an and avr so... that keeps you from getting hungry so his his other AVR is sort of a, an ATM AVR or a gold mine or a what what limited ATM because he can only see himself. He okay, can so see the future. Craig's Craig's take on this is that what sixth sees or what dusk sees rather because calling him sixth is awkward. What dusk sees from he's what's the bird's name? Sack. 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 Uh, is similar to the effect of burning electrum. Is is Craig's whole deal here? Uh, That's I don't, fair. I don't know that I agree because we haven't really seen electrum used outside of the context of specifically countering ATM. So, in theory, the other types of birds would follow the alimantic metals potentially. Um, I mean, we have we have basically examples of definitely one. Possibly two. Why not expand to all sixteen? Just gotta and find the right chemical metals. Maybe there's one that heals you. Maybe there's one that makes you faster. Maybe there's one that makes you heavier. Maybe I don't know. But yeah, we have we have copper and um, potentially electrum analogs here. So yeah, did we only get these two burbs? Yep. Wow. Uh, apparently they well, are 
they are quite popular on the mainland. Yeah, uh, Vathi had one with her that we didn't find out what it did. It got annoyed by Kokirli. Kokirli. Well, oh yeah, it was injured and they had to leave it back at the cabana. That's right. This this world also is kind of terrifying and full of giant monsters that <laughs> actively want to eat you all the time forever. Uh, so yeah, having a bird that can prevent them from noticing you seems good. Oh, seems that was another thing. Um, when, uh, Dave mentioned that this is totally not Ender's game and we have more than thirds here. Um, it's like, yeah, you have to have a lot of children when the landscape is hostile and is going to eat all of them. Like that's why animals <laughs> have so many offspring. Um, yeah. So, which was the bird that Vathi did not think was aviar? Was that Sack or Kokerly? Yep, that was Sack. So you didn't think, because Sack was a mainland bird that was raised on the Pantheon. Yeah, Sack is like a raven or a crow or something. That's what I was picturing, yes. And up to that point, uh, the only types of aviar she had known of were like tropical parody birds. Hmm. And by that I mean chickens. They're all chickens. Colorful chickens. Also known as peacock. Yeah, what would a so peacock? do we have any in, do we have any information on the shard of the first planet that I'm allowed to know about? Not uh, that you're we, allowed to know about. Yeah, we we have some info. We have some <clears throat> okay. Uh, guesses with a lot of backup evidence. I I guess is the best way of putting it. Okay. Um, which is to say, we're pretty sure we know what caused Patji to be there and to be so hostile, and why. Huh. Well, that's it for me, then. Yeah, it um, seems yeah. like. <laughs> and and I think we're not doing a spoiler time this week, so short episode. Right. Yeah, because... yeah. Alan Jack's pretty short, and you guys can talk about all the spoiler stuff with... Well, Tori won't be here next week, sadly. I will be. Um, the, the thing I have going on next week, which is another good thing, my baby brother is graduating from law school next weekend, and we've got a family party in the afternoon. But like I said, it's in the afternoon, so we should be done with the podcast before then, and I'll have plenty of time to do both things with my day. Yay. Uh, um, but we do want Craig to be here with us when we have our uh, spoiler discussion of this story, because I'm sure he's got a lot. You don't say. Uh, congrats to lawyer brother. Yes. GG. I'm so proud. I'm so proud. And then let us know when he passes the bar, because that'll be another congrats. Yeah. Uh, I taught him how to read you guys. That was me. How about <laughs> if we end on uh, rankings? Because I've updated mine to include Six of the Dusk and Alamancer Jack. Well, you already heard mine. I'm just going to slip this one in above Hope of Elantris. So below the 11th medal, above Hope of Elantris. Uh... I think when I understand this story better, I'll like it better than 11th Metal, but I'll leave it there for now. Okay. Uh, Tori? Gosh, I think I would rate this one um, probably between Elantris and Emperor's Soul. So okay, it's like a is... third of the way up from the bottom for me. Um, I really like the setting. I like the burbs. I like... Um, you know, exploring in the jungle, like I grew up reading a lot of that Victorian exploration literature, like Haggard and yeah, basically. <laughs> okay, so um, for Tori, that's eight out of thirteen. For Dave, that is twelve out of thirteen. Uh, mine, my spot is number nine out of thirteen. So that is below Shadows for Silence and above Warbreaker, which are all above my huge gap. So 
All right. But uh, uh, as far as ranking Alamancer Jack, you're going to have to ask me next week because uh, I need to read it again first. Uh, I've already got mine ranked, which if you if you feel like clicking on the spoilers in the cast list channel, you can see where it is as a little preview, and it may surprise some of you. And it may not surprise some of you. I don't know. All right, that's an episode. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Good night, let's, Internet. Let's travel some Gillicuddies. This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at at CosmereCast or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is Traveling Made Up Continents by Gillicuddy, used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.